0: It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change your attitude, change your life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman.
1: In the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, I'm Joan Herman, thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. Do you want to get to the top of your finances and grow your wealth in ways you never thought possible? Are you tired of keeping yourself in a financial rut? According to today's guest, Jen Sincero, it's time to eliminate your fears and doubts about money and give yourself permission to focus on getting rich now. Jen is a New York Times bestselling author, coach, and speaker who has helped people transform their lives and bank accounts. Her new book is, You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth. Welcome, Jen. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, Jen, we all want to be financially secure, but that means something different to each person. How do you define the concept of wealth?
2: I think you're wealthy when you have all the means required to live whatever kind of life you truly desire to live.
1: So many of us have these commonly held beliefs that, that really do stop us. I mean, I'm the child of depression age parents, so I was raised with you save, 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 you know, safe investments, and, and you really have to always put something away for a rainy day. Other people may say things like, oh, I'll never be able to make that kind of money. I mean, the list goes on. How do these commonly held beliefs stop us, in your opinion? How do they keep
2: us from going for what we really want? Because we take them as the truths. So I write a lot in my book about the subconscious mind. And when we're being raised by our parents, they tell us what they believe to be the truth, which may be you have to save for a rainy day or money is really hard to make. Um, You know, they give us a lot of positive beliefs as well. But a lot of times we take on um, a bunch of negative beliefs, especially about money, that aren't necessarily true. So what happens is, if you were raised with, you know, believing that it's not okay to spend money, that you have to save every dime you've got, but in your heart as an adult, like you love spending money and you, you know, and you feel like you want to be more in the flow with it and maybe save some, but also spend it. If you've got a belief that that's not okay, you're not going to let yourself do that. So it's really important to get clear on what your subconscious beliefs are so that you can question them and be like, huh, is it true that it's not okay for me to spend my money? Um, and then as an adult... To rethink those beliefs and perhaps change them.
1: Jen, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with you or your work, how did mm-hmm. you go from living in a garage to making seven figures? I mean, you know what you're talking about because you've lived it. How did you make that transition?
2: I decided to make money. It sounds really simple and stupid, but that honestly was the key to my transformation. So what that meant was I you know, when you make a real decision, you sign up to do whatever it takes no matter what. So, you know, before then, I sort of, you know, I always wanted more money and I was always trying to figure out ways to make it, but I hadn't really made that decision that I was not going to screw around anymore. And what that decision did is it forced me to take on opportunities and to take scary leaps into the unknown and to invest in myself and to do stuff that was terrifying mm-hmm. that I wasn't necessarily available to do before I had made that decision. Before I had made the decision, I was still wallowing around in my comfort zone, complaining, trying little things here and there. But it wasn't until I rolled up my sleeves and was like, "All right, I am unavailable to be broke anymore," mm-hmm. that I did what it what it really took for me to do to change my life. And that's what it is. It's it's a
1: series of changes because, like you said, you mm-hmm. made that decision, and and the key is you signed up to do whatever it took to get it done. People, you know, it, we're talking about money, but it's it's anything in life. People like to say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I want to do this. I'm going to do this," but they're not willing. to to do whatever it takes.
2: And, and that exactly. really is the
1: key.
2: Yeah. And it's funny because we love to pretend that we've tried everything. Mm-hmm. But so, for example, um, you know, when I did make that decision, I met a coach who specialized in helping women with their finances. And I really believed in her for many reasons. I I, I knew I needed to work with her. But her fee was literally a quarter of my annual income. Mm -hmm. Now, before I had made the decision to do whatever it took, I wouldn't have even considered that. I would have been like, oh, well, next, I don't have that money. When I made the decision, I took out another credit card and went deeper into debt and signed up to work with her. And that was easily the scariest thing I could have done at the time. And that one act, it was one of the biggest um, keys to my transformation because I did whatever she said I should do. And I, you know, just kept taking leaps from there on out. So
1: many people are listening to you right now, and they're saying, yes, I'm ready. I'm going to make that decision. But then they say, okay, but I'm in this job that doesn't pay well, and they're scrambling to increase sales, and bills take up their salary. How do they get past
2: all that? Well, you know, that all may be very true, um, but it shouldn't stop you. You know, we have put a man on the moon. How badly do you want it? So you may need to take on a second job for a while while you're you know to pay those bills while you're figuring it out you may need to quit that job and either start a business of your own or make some decisions that aren't necessarily comfortable you know um you may need to invest in a coach like i did you may need to go into get to start your own company um it really depends how serious you are and how willing you are to put yourself out there in a way that you have never put yourself out there before. Because you got where you're at right now by doing things the way you're doing them. So if you want to change your financial situation, you need to start doing something different.
1: And that's it right there. In a nutshell, you have to leave your comfort zone. Exactly. You know, we we talked about Making the decision that this is it, leaving your comfort zone, doing something different that you've never done before. What, in addition to those things, what is one habit that everyone should start doing right now?
2: Um, one habit that seems really tiny but can be so powerful is to shift your thoughts and your language. Since we're talking about money, and so let's stay around money. Stop saying you're so broke. Stop saying, I don't know how to make money. Stop saying how hard it is and how in debt you are. You know, what you focus on, you create more of. So right. one of the simplest shifts you can make is to notice where you're, you're being low energy and low frequency about money and shift it. So instead of saying, I'm so broke, um, I can't afford it, you know, start thinking and, and saying, money, money, I live in an abundant universe and I receive money with great glee. Like that, just that one little shift will open you up to all of these opportunities that you are literally putting the blinders onto by insisting that it's hard to make money and that you're broke and you can't afford it, right? Because so, if you keep saying I can't afford it, you will literally unconsciously be looking for reasons and um, proof to prove mm-hmm. that to yourself and to everybody around you when you open yourself up to I live in an abundant universe and money's all over the place. You open yourself up to look for those opportunities that are here right now.
1: The book is You're a Badass at Making Money. If you would like to get more information about the book or Jen and her work, you can visit her website, jensincero.com. Jen, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What's the one thing you want to leave our listeners with?
2: You can absolutely make the money that you desire to make. Absolutely. And it really begins with shifting your mindset. So, you know, you've got one shot at being the you that is you on planet Earth and being on planet Earth costs money. So it is some of the most important work you can do.
1: Jen, thank you so much for being here with us. While the focus of our conversation has been about money and finances today, the advice that you offer really can impact any area of a person's life. It's that making that decision and and really being willing, as you said, to sign up to do whatever it takes. So thank you for being here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is great
0: Call them today at 347-903-7030, that's 347-903-7030, or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best.
1: If you gain weight despite relentless exercise and willpower with dieting, if you suffer from low energy and feel like you could sleep all day, if you struggle to focus as brain fog sets in for no apparent reason. And if you're constantly hungry, often craving sugary foods, then join me on Wednesday, October 17th for a special Conversations with Joan event. Are you feeling fat, flabby, fatigued, foggy, or forgetful? My guest for this evening of health is Dr. Lorraine Maida, who is a recognized and award-winning holistic, functional, and integrative medicine physician and author. Dr. Maida will discuss how you can regain your health, reignite your life, and enjoy greater clarity, focus, energy, and happiness. Learn to live healthier with energy, vitality, strength, stamina, and self-confidence. Be less reliant on medications. Improve your brain function. Learn how to manage your weight and incorporate movement into your daily life. Joining in the conversation are Mark Anthony, a personal trainer, Jackie Klein, a certified nutrition consultant, and Dr. Michael Magwood, a chiropractor. The event is being held Wednesday, October 17th, 7 p.m. at the Raphael Center in Clifton, New Jersey. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash conversations. That's cyacyl.com slash conversations. I hope you'll join us. Let's start talking. Welcome back. My next guest, Dr. Ken Canfield, says that grandparents can make a positive difference in the lives of their grandchildren, and grandchildren can make a positive difference in the lives of their grandparents. Dr. Canfield joins us today to discuss the heart of this important relationship that sometimes gets overlooked. Dr. Canfield has committed his life. To strengthening families and fathers. He founded and continues to engage in several organizations dedicated to improving family well-being, most notably the National Center for Fathering. Dr. Canfield has appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Today Show, and World News Tonight. He is the author of 13 books, including The Heart of Grandparenting. Welcome, Dr. Canfield. Thanks for joining us.
0: You're welcome, Joan. It's a delight to be with you and your listeners.
1: Dr. Canfield, when I was a child, my grandparents lived two houses away. In fact, my entire family lived on the same street. How important do you believe the grandparent-grandchild relationship is today?
0: Incredible. And Joan, you're a perfect testimony. There are two great epiphanies in life. When you recognize the value and the love of a grandparent as a grandchild, as you have done and have experienced. And when you become a grandparent, it's an effusive, overwhelming joy. Now, Joan, in your case, in research that I've conducted, About a third of uh, adults today have little or no memory of their grandparents due to premature death. Desertion and divorce so many you know problems, you are a blessed person having had that position, and when grandparents do become grandparents, it is a, a different sort of of love that is expressed through you that grandparents know.
1: Recent survey research notes that fifty four percent of people who are grandparents live within twenty five miles of their grandchildren. And the remaining 46% wish they lived closer. Do you believe that? The grandparent grandchild relationship has suffered over the years due to the fact that our families are so spread apart?
0: Absolutely. This geographic dislocation, be it job, be it, you know, move as you have two different families and you're separated from some grandparents. In an Asian culture, the value of grandparenting is known from day one. They participate in this three and sometimes four generational connection. Identity is established in a young child if they have that sense of history. So it is, you know, a challenge. It can be overcome, but a difficult one. I encourage all parents of children, if your grandparents or your parents are still alive, uh, make as often as possible those connections, whether they're electronically or otherwise, and it will benefit your children. If they're not, find surrogate grandparents because when you connect hearts and unite generations, it's a win for all those members in the family system.
1: Well, I agree with you, Dr. Canfield. I was extremely blessed. And and to be honest, it wasn't until my grandparents and my parents have passed away that I've really recognized the full blessing. I've learned so much from them. So whether your grandparents live close by or are spread out across the country, there are ways to cultivate and cherish this bond. What are some keys to being the best grandparent possible?
0: Oh, Joan, uh, this comes from a couple of years of research that I have done among both journals and, and other what I call historic uh, bits of information. There's a proverb, uh, children's children are a crown of the age. So consider your grandchildren as being your crown. The fact that you get to live and see and, and touch them and hold them and they uh, experience the same. This is a tremendous, what i say, reservoir of strength in their life. The key that you bring, first of all, the heart of grandparenting is an acronym. The H is for heritage. Identity and resiliency has rootedness in the heritage. The E is an example. Never forget as a grandparent, you are being watched. They come into your house. They look at it as it's a museum of artifacts. And, and so Giving them the example of what this means and that means is so, so important. And here's one that, that stood out. This was surprising after reviewing qualitative research on over 800 adults who had grandparents like yours, Joan, who were deeply involved in their life. I asked them in a word or a phrase to, as you reflect back, how would you de- describe your grandparents and the words that surfaced. Was they were like angels. Now, I'm not suggesting grandparents, you are bona fide angels, <laughs> but you're like an angel, you're a protector, you are a guide, you are a messenger. you You stand in the presence of a, a heavenly Father that that gives you blessings to pass on. And so I, I found that as a distinctive and and a noble calling that you can you know reach out and and aspire to.
1: The book is The Heart of Grandparenting by Dr. Ken Canfield. If you would like to learn more information about Dr. Canfield and his work, you can visit grandkidsmatter.org. Dr. Canfield, in about 30 seconds or less, what would you like to leave our listeners with?
0: I would say this, never give up. Being a grandparent in this generation is tough because everything's moving quickly. Make the disciplines of uh, a a spiritual life a top priority. Uh, Be sure to, to utter prayers of blessing. And when you have opportunity to touch and hold those grandchildren, squeeze them with all you've got because you will benefit and they will benefit and you've passed on something that's needed and missing today.
1: Dr. Canfield, thank you so much for joining us and for talking about this very special relationship. My grandparents meant the world to me, and and I know that others feel the same way about theirs.
0: You're welcome, John.
1: We'll be right back. Did you know that Facebook gives you some great insights into your audience and how well they are responding to your page as well as your content? Hi, I'm Patricia Singer of Follow Me Social Media Consulting. We work with small and mid-sized businesses to help them with their presence on the various social media platforms. Do you know the demographics and psychographics of those people who have liked, commented, and shared on or from your page? If you don't, you should. As you continue to have a consistent presence on Facebook, Facebook offers you many insights into the people who follow you as well as how well your content is received. When you are on your Facebook page, in the Page Management Toolbar, click on Insights. This will bring you to an overview of some great analytics where you can see page likes, actions on page, reach, engagement,
2: and so much more. If you would like more information, go to to besttofollowme.com.
3: There's so much talk about mindfulness, but what is it? It's the state of being aware of all your senses, what you see, hear, feel, taste, say, and do. It's about being present and completely in the moment now. Hi, I'm Susan Greif, an expressive and healing arts facilitator and founder of Art Men's Hearts. I harness the power of creative expression to help clients release old, stuck energy that keeps them feeling panicked, powerless, paralyzed, and in pain. Meditation, muscle relaxation, deep breathing, and visualization are great for helping you achieve more mindfulness. I also use five other mindfulness tools. Drawing helps us see our subconscious. I specialize in analyzing people's drawings to help them see what their subconscious is saying. Journaling helps us pay attention to our stream of consciousness without judgment and find patterns and wisdom there. Mind-body connections help us know where in our body we hold to emotions. Body dialogue helps us listen to our inner wisdom. By asking ourselves questions, we learn our first step towards healing. Energy work helps us find emotional blocks so we can open and release the underlying pain. For more information on how the healing arts can release old stuck energy, visit artmanshearts.com.
4: Do you find it hard to find the time to exercise? Does exercise seem so boring to you? Is it overwhelming to choose the best way to exercise? Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also provide coaching to individuals and groups that want to improve their health and overall well-being. Moving is our fifth dimension in our wellness inventory program, and this is a basic expression of our life energy. Maintaining a balance of movement and rest is essential to our health and well-being. Chances are, if we are not moving, we are sitting. There has been a spotlight recently on a sedentary lifestyle and the risks involved. Extended sitting increases the risk of cancer, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and depression. There have been several publications noting that sitting is the new smoking and that prolonged sitting is as risky as smoking. Startling. However, there is a great health benefit with taking as little as a brisk 10-minute walk per day. The CDC recommends more exercise, but as health and wellness coaches, we say small steps add up to big changes. Remember, it is essential to find some activities that move your body and that you enjoy. That could be gardening, housekeeping, shopping, walking your dog, or dancing, and of course, all of the other traditional forms of exercise. If you need more assistance in your moving well-being, contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com.
1: productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our coach on-call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, an intuitive life coach who helps your clients move through life's challenges and transitions with purpose, passion, and clarity to emerge more powerful, fulfilled, and purposeful. Linda is here today to discuss the paralysis of perfectionism. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back, Joan. So, Linda, we're all trying to put our best foot forward and do our best. So why is perfectionism a bad thing? Well, you're
5: right, Joan. It's very admirable to always strive to do our best and present our best work. And there's really nothing wrong with that. The issue arises when we try so hard to do everything perfectly that it paralyzes us. And by that, I mean Sometimes we get so busy trying to figure out every little detail and get it to be just so that it can easily stall our progress, make it harder and more frustrating to meet our goals and desires. So while it's a wonderful thing to always want to do our best, we have to be careful if we find ourselves falling into this trap that I call the paralysis of perfectionism. So then what advice do you offer the perfectionist to help him or her get out of this mindset and move forward with ease? Well, I think the most effective solutions come from stepping away from the details and looking at the big picture. Take some deep breaths and remind yourself of the end goal my first suggestion would be to look for the good and celebrate it. As humans and especially as perfectionists, we're conditioned to pick ourselves apart and beat ourselves up for the parts that are less than perfect. I say, turn that thinking on its head and get into the habit of pausing to pick out and celebrate the good. I always say what we focus on expands. So if you want more success and ease, focus on your current successes because this brings more of that good energy into your world, your projects, and your goals. It also gets you out of that rigid thinking thinking that there's only one way to do something. My second suggestion would be to just do it. I love the phrase, done is better than perfect. And as you move forward with action, you really get more clarity, fresh ideas, and maybe even a new perspective that will help you with your next steps. Linda, what do you believe is behind the need to be perfect? I believe the foundational piece of perfectionism is fear, fear of failure, fear of not feeling good enough. And we can ask ourselves this question. What am I really afraid of? Why do I feel I must be perfect? What's the worst that can happen? And is this worst case scenario a reality or just an irrational scenario living in our minds that feed off of our negative self-talk? I know a gentleman who has an amazing singing voice. It gives me chills. It's like listening to a professional on Broadway, but he thinks he's not good enough. He thinks his pitch isn't perfect, and he beats himself up after concerts, telling his family and friends about all the little mistakes he made. And as he's telling us, we're all looking around at each other saying, really? I didn't notice that, did you? And really, no one picks up on these little mistakes he claims to have made. And I think that's so true for so many of us. If we stop expecting perfection from ourselves, we can diminish this fear of failure, gain more confidence, have more joy and bring more joy to others as well. Because, Joan, we all have gifts. And if we're waiting for them to be perfect before we share them with the world, we're doing a great disservice to ourselves and to the world at large. And I hope when people look at it this way, they can decide to be a little less hard on themselves and simply celebrate all the good inside. And can I just add that we as humans, were not created to be perfect people, right? Mm -hmm. And if our creator doesn't expect that of us, I believe we can choose not to expect it from ourselves either. And that thought has really helped me and many of my clients to get out of the paralysis of perfectionism and into the joy of being less than perfect and our beautiful selves.
1: Linda, thank you so much for being here. If you'd like to learn more about Linda or how to work with her, you can visit her website, livinginspiredcoaching.com. And as always to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, C-Y-A-C-Y-L dot com
6: forward slash Linda. When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often, that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive. But is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being, we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things. Getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense. Then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really going to get you that far. If you want a result, then you're going to want to work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say I'm sorry. hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting, but let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that, because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to.
7: What is your aging plan? Hi, my name is Sheila Samuels of the Samuels Law Firm. At the Samuels Law Firm, we focus on estate planning and administration, elder law and special needs planning. With offices in New York and Northern New Jersey, we work closely with our clients to develop a comprehensive estate plan to preserve and protect their assets for their families. While no one likes to think about aging or disability, study after study confirms that nearly everyone will face at least a temporary disability sometime during their lifetime. More specifically, depending upon the age, up to 44% of Americans will face a disability for more than four years. Despite this overwhelming and compelling statistic, most Americans continue to grossly underestimate the risk of disability to themselves and to their loved ones and fail to plan. Now think about this for a second. We live in a society where we plan what we will eat or where we will vacation, yet most of us do not know or refuse to accept the facts surrounding our potential need for long-term care and the costs associated with it. So, are you interested in learning more about asset protection and preservation? Are you interested in aging with dignity and a peace of mind and leaving the legacy you choose for your loved ones? If so, visit me at sheilasamuelslaw.com.
4: I want to be riding my bike.
6: But at this moment, he's fighting leukemia.
1: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care.
6: And we'll never have to
3: pay St. Jude for anything.
1: Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, CYACYL.com. While on the site, listen to Pastures On Demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.